Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. <sighs> this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Coming to you live from the Ray Horseman studio in North Hollywood, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. On tonight's show, Career Corner, does Paula have the skill to make it as a zookeeper? Gary Wilson, professor in the Exotic Animal and Training Management Program at Moore Park College, is here to tell us if Paula's litter-scooping skills can be applied to cleaning up after larger animals like... Lions and tigers and bears. Oh, mercy. Then, later, the Thomas Coin Affair, the world's largest manhunt, is still on for our missing survivalist. And new information about last week's Hawaiian potato chip advertising claim has come to light. I'm Adam Felber, the guy who's here to tame the conversational beast. And now, please welcome the woman who is that beast, Paula Poundstone. Welcome, Paula, and thank you to tonight's house band percussionist, Omar Leva. Now, Paula, I understand that you actually took some advice from our podiatrist, Dr. Levine, who we had on just last week. I did. He said everyone should have uh, compression socks. Compression socks. socks. He's and a big so advocate. You I made got... us feel like we had a, he had a piece of big compression. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure that he's not getting kickbacks on this uh, advice, but totally I, got, I got some compression socks because, you know, I had like pains in the bottom of my feet when I would run. And uh -huh. so I got compression socks. And I have to say, yeah. I, I, my feet don't seem to hurt as much. However, but you stopped running. Well, I haven't been running. I've just had them up in these compression <laughs> socks. <laughs> this is luxurious. The, the compression socks themselves have left deep furrows in the pattern of the weave on the skin of my calf. My calves look the, like fields during planting season. I see. Uh, so you're saying the yeah. pattern of the weave of the sock, not yeah. the pattern of the weave of your leg. No, not the weave of my leg. My legs are not woven, so it's okay. the pattern of the sock. I do think it's helping my circulation. Are you wearing them now? 
I am wearing them now. Do you want I'm, to extend a gam this way uh, so I can uh, take a look? Oh, yeah, yeah. Look, huh? Wow. Can you see that? They go that? all the way that up. Is they a look thing like, of a, beauty. like a young German boy's knickerbockers. I'm pretty sure that they've improved my circulation because last night while I was sleeping on the floor, I looked on the ceiling and my feet were up there doing river dance. Wow. And so I'm I mean, pretty they're really sure compressing your they shit. They're really compressing. I mean, I can see like the, the, the top of your calf is, is, is like trying to escape. I, well, what I did was um, I called my neighbors from the neighborhood watch call list okay. to come help me get them on. <laughs> sure, it's not the first time. Yeah, it's not easy to get them on. They are very, you know. Did you take our podiatrist's advice? And get roustabouts? Uh, you don't listen to our show, do you? Because uh, he had some no, advice for how to put on compression socks. Yeah, well, you you squish them together like you're doing a stuff sack is how you do it. Right. Yeah. Oh, so you did? Yeah, okay. sure I did. Okay. I, I, that's what I asked my neighbors to do from okay. the neighborhood watch. And eventually the whole team was able to get yeah. get, get the socks on? Yeah. my whole. You could hear if you walked by my house that night, you could hear like, oh! Wow. All right, fellas, all together now. Oh! <laughs> so you, you haven't taken them off since, I'm, ta- I'm guessing. Uh, no, I haven't taken them off. I was hoping that you guys might help me later. Oh, maybe. I mean, yeah, uh, some yeah, of no, us I have could, back problems and whatnot. Yeah, so, yeah, I couldn't get them off, for Christ's sakes. They're really? just, they are wedged on there. But you had an adventure buying them, I understand. Well, no, it's just that they were more expensive than I had thought. How much thought. more? Well, I'm not certain because I bought my daughter some socks, too. I think it was something. I got three pair. Okay. I had the pod puppy with me because I got I got. Oh, by the way, you brought pod puppy here tonight. I did. You left I pod, the pod dog puppy. home and brought pod the puppy. The pod dog is at home crying. Yeah. Um. Uh, so I brought the puppy with me into the running store where I got the uh, socks and and I was holding her in my arms because I didn't want her to pee on their floor or anything. Okay. And um. So I said to the clerk who was very helpful, I said, "Do you have compression socks?" She sewed me. I'm like, "Yeah, okay, good that." And I got three pair, and okay. I think it was like a hundred bucks. Really, for three three pairs. Well, you bought your you bought alley socks too. Yeah, but that was another. I think it was like one hundred and twenty five um, for the compression you think socks. About and then it was of that like, was compression. And then socks. it was like twenty five was for the. So for I'm no socks. mathematician, but it sounds like you're saying compression socks go at like thirty three dollars a pair. You don't crush your calves inexpensively. I guess not. I guess not. But I'm not sure, by the way, how crushing your calves um, does make for circulation. Dr. Levine did explain it. Did He's, he explain that? Yeah, he did. What did he say? <laughs> oh, at length. Yeah, yeah, it was at length. I'm going to send you the link to our podcast. That's someday, a good You're, you're, you're going to love some of the pearls of wisdom that come out of our experts' mouths while you're talking. I don't remember that at all. Well, yeah. you know, I have memory problems. Which <laughs> that's right. We talked about on another show. How do you remember that? I, that's all I can that's remember. Exact- I don't remember well, what he Dr. said. Well, Dr. Levine said that when you compress the foot, Oh, I have. I barely. Yeah, remember. yeah, exactly. But he did explain. He did explain yeah. it. It, it. It forces the blood up. That's what happened. Yeah. So the blood is in other yeah. places. Yeah, in your the body blood now. is up right Hopefully now. Hopefully, your brain. You see, this is supposed you to help you remember. One breast problem. seems expansive. Yeah. One. One of them has yeah, ballooned. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> where all the blood went yeah. today. Yeah. You're like a, you're like a B cup and a triple D cup. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's a it's weird. Just all the yeah. blood went in one you direction. Should, you should try pushing on that. Maybe the other one will inflate. <laughs> <laughs> So wait, sorry. So I was buying compression socks. Oh, I thought we were and done with you those. You were. I was in Disneyland. Oh man. Oh my God. I you got love the Disney. better part of the deal. I did. I took my two kids, aged eleven and six, to Disneyland, and you know, part of it was you, Paula, because every Christmas, Paula Poundstone gives me and my family tickets to Disneyland, and we so appreciate it. Oh, it's, well, it's always a highlight every year. It's, it's, we always know, invite you along. You're always busy buying socks or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm too busy uh, getting socks to go to Disneyland, but um. And how was it? Was it good? It was good, except between 4 o'clock and like 5.30 um, uh, yesterday at Disneyland, um, 
uh, something happened that, you know, that made it less than the happiest place on earth. Between 4 and 5.30, something yeah. happened? A yeah. sad thing happened? It wasn't sad. It was just, uh, you know, it was trying at times. It was... Uh, it was oh, our weekly oh, production meeting. Oh, we had our production meeting on the phone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, Adam, the thing is, we do this conference call, and it's challenging enough to begin with, the conference call. It's sort of the- uh, Yeah, because Bonnie it's, Burns is part of it. It's the cone of- Yeah. <laughs> it's the cone Captain of Crinkle silence and her crinkly to dog. begin with. Yeah. yeah. It's almost useless. Nope. Nobody hears um, anybody. But Adam is always either cooking or he's at an amusement park. He's like Dr. Always Bombay from uh, Bewitched. <laughs> I'm just popping you, in from everywhere. Yeah, you never quite know where Adam is. So the whole time we were trying to discuss, you know, the, this week's show, you know, you could just hear um, big characters walking by Adam and roller coasters and right, kids and screaming. Right, and Pixar tunes and whatnot. Yeah. For a while it was oompa music because I thought that Main Street might be the quietest place in Disneyland. You thought Main Street would be the quietest place? Yeah, because there's no rides there. Yeah. But no. 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 There's, it turns out I even walked outside the park towards the parking lot. And those speakers that pump in the happy music? Yeah, they're, they're everywhere. Everywhere. There's yeah, literally they're... nowhere to go. I walked into a bathroom. Louder music than outside. Yeah. Well, that's good though. Yeah, I guess that's that's yeah. a mercy. Uh, Cuz otherwise, yeah. We we've been on the conference call hearing yeah, you, you'd, have been, you'd have been hearing worse. That's a park full of, of, of Americans chowing down on corn dogs and whatnot. It yeah. would, would have been terrible. Yeah, but you I know don't... what? I kept hoping to get back to the rides, and we did our little call. And then at one point, we were done with our call, and Captain Crinkle started talking politics. There's a good reason for that. Did you hear that um, uh, Mickey Mouse is going to be the new um, acting attorney general after they impeach Bill Barr, did uh, you hear that? I, 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 I I'd heard something like He's that. He's already been speaking out publicly. Well, I, well that would have been relevant. Whereas uh, what he was Bonnie on Burns the view just this morning. Yeah, and he said um, the president didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> president Trump is a swell guy. That's actually that's actually somewhat reminiscent of our current press secretary for the president of the United yeah, States. No, yeah, yeah, just, uh, yeah. But, so but, but, what you, but you, I, what, the reason I point that out is because at one point, Tony Anita Hull, in an act of mercy, cut in, and she usually doesn't, but she was said, Bonnie, he's at Disneyland. Yeah. And Bonnie so, was like, yeah, Disneyland. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I she think, started talking about, about the, the Mueller report. Yeah. It's the Mueller report. Mueller report. Not the Mueller report. Well, I've been mewling it over, so. <laughs> the, anyway, other, the, the other terrible thing that happened You know what's happened in the Disney. Mueller report? What's that? Yeah, yeah. That's the Mueller report. Maybe I've been reading the wrong report. Yeah, I think he you sure have. seems guilty in that one. President Trump is a swell guy! <laughs> oh, also, one other thing about Disney, Space Mountain. It's called presidential harassment! <laughs> America right. owes him two more years! Uh-oh. It was my stolen Mickey, from the president. My stolen. Mickey Mouse is, is Edith Bunker, apparently. Yeah, no, oh, yours is great. The president is so nice. <laughs> stifle, stifle. Um. <laughs> what I was going to say is, is the one tragedy that really did beset the day is Space Mountain broke four times during the day. Yeah, what and did you guys do? All four times to it? we were in line to get on it. No, all four times you were on it. I don't know why they didn't put it together. It was you and your kids. Oh. What were you doing? Like sticking? No, it's an old. Like, they told us. Well, like, you have, like, like gummy it's bears ride. or something, and yeah, you were, we were putting them on the gummy tracks. Bears to the tracks. Yeah. No, I don't fact, know why you don't discipline those children. In fact, in our third attempt, we got as close to, we as to, it like as a, drum to a little stick, gate. And he was 
Yeah, he was yeah, bad for pounding it with a turkey leg. On your third attempt, there was a gate? We got so close to being on Space Mountain yeah. that we were literally the next people on. We were already in that little chute where the gate opens and you get in oh, your car. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. And the lights came on and they told everybody to leave. It's an emergency. Right. Yeah, and, I, and I thought my son was, was going to have a stroke, which, yeah. is, which would be odd for an 11-year-old, yeah. but he was pretty close. Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, yeah, we they, did get they, on they, Then the guy in the suit, in the space suit, that yeah. puts you on the ride, had to stop and go, the Falbers fucked up the ride again! Yeah, it was embarrassing. Everybody get off. Yeah. Everybody get off. Take that drumstick and the gummy bear away from those two kids. You know, the one thing worse than a kid who's having a hemorrhage is that when you publicly shame him by a Disney employee. <laughs> that's, that's rough. No wonder he had a bad day. Yeah, well, we're that, making memories to last a lifetime. Get that crying kid off the... <laughs> Why isn't Adam Felber disciplined his kids? <laughs> so they were just, were they hanging on the chains and stuff? They didn't do anything. All they did was show up and get disappointed. Yeah. 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 That was yeah, the whole, a that beautiful was the whole place. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is a you happy know what? place. We had a great a, day. When your, kid, when your kid is unhappy at Disneyland, there's something about it that is just a burn. I know. You know? It made, it made me angry. And then I realized yeah. I have to contain my anger because yeah, that's not yeah, going to make anything yeah. better. Well, that, and by the way, that's probably part of what broke Space Mountain. My it's anger? It's not just the kids. It's the guy. Look at the guy. <laughs> He's enraged. <laughs> He's breaking, breaking Space Mountain. No, they, they, we finally got on it, though. And it's a, it's a good ride. It's a good oh, ride. I love that ride. Uh, my favorite rides. So we went on a slow day. That's why we went this week. Um, yeah. And there were thousands and thousands of visitors, which brings me to our next point. Yes! We have an update on our Maximum Fun numbers. This I saw this coming, man. Yeah. Okay. So Maximum Fun had, you may remember, a membership drive. Yes, they did. And we, A month ago, let's say. It was, say, a month ago. And we said that we thought that we would get, what was it, 10,000 members. Yes. And they practically laughed us out of the room when we said it. Yes, they did. They uh, said, you know what? The entire network's goal is 25,000 new members. Yeah. You're not going to get 40% of that. Or yeah, that which is. is just so negative. It was so negative. And so they tallied the numbers and they came up with it. What was the number that they came up with? They came up with, uh, they ended, we ended up with uh, 1,260 new members. 1,260, which is very close to 10,000. It's in and the so ballpark of 10,000. We 000. were not that far it's off. It's in the four-digit range, and 10,000 is only one off from that range. But then, get this, Captain Kringle sent me an email saying that they had made a mistake, and I was like, yes, I knew it. I knew they, they made, a, made mistake. a mistake. They made a mistake, and so they recalculated. The number was wrong. Yeah, yeah, like eat your heart out, Disneyland. Their number was wrong. Yes. And what was the... Well, the, the, there was a miscalculation, it there turns out. There was a out. miscalculation. Yeah, there was a miscalculation, and um, it was not... It was not 1,200. It was not 1,260 new members. It was 1,251 new members. Right. Exactly. I which knew is, they were which, wrong. I'm say, I knew it. You knew they were wrong. I, I knew they were wrong. I should have bet the farm on that. Uh, and I will point out that while 1251 is arguably less than 1260, it's still, percentage-wise, it's just as close to 10,000 so as we were before. It's so close to 10,000. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. if you're going to split error. hairs like that. And I'm I not. don't know if you heard this, but um, apparently Mickey Mouse uh, is the new accountant over <laughs> at Maximum Fun. Oh, is he? Yeah. It was almost 10,000. That's what he said? Yeah. He's been getting a lot of jobs lately. He's not that good at counting because he only has three fingers. Oh, he's so yeah. silly. Yeah, he's working 1, on it. 1,251. Oh, shit. It was close. <laughs> tell me, is he is he occupying all these jobs in your world because that's the cartoon voice you can do? No, I can do a lot of cartoon voices. Can you? Yeah. Can you do like a Donald Duck, a yeah. Donald Duck? Sure I can. I uh, see now. <laughs> 
Now, I don't want to burst your bubble here, Paula, but that sounded a lot like Mickey Mouse. Hey, do a goofy. My, do, do a nice is goofy. Mickey my best friend. Uh, okay. Okay, I think I see where we're going hey, here. Here's my goofy, Adam. Yeah. Uh-huh. President <laughs> Trump is a swell guy. He's the kindest, most decent. And once again, I... He's I, like I, Jesus. He's a lot like Jesus. I don't know why I can't keep, you know, Queens, New York from creeping into my Mickey Mouse, but it, it yeah. goes either bunker every time. It's because you're from... I'm from New York. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Songs that made the hit parade! <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently Maximum Fun was very apologetic. They were, they were contrite. They sent yeah. like a long email explaining how they could have been so horribly wrong with those numbers. But they tend to send long emails, let's be honest. Well, so does Bonnie yeah. Burns. Yeah, yeah. They, those guys get... I mean, honestly, when Bonnie forwards you a le- an email from Maximum Fun, you know, just yeah, it's, it's, settle in with a glass of sherry for the night because yeah. <laughs> you are not going to get to the point any time before midnight. You know what I think happens is that a lot of people who work at Maximum Fun don't get along that well and so they'll have like some sort of group meeting oh, okay. and, and one of the people writing the email will go, no, I'm busy writing the email. And they just make it longer and longer and longer. It's an emotional yeah. thing. Yeah. They, you know, they squirrel themselves yeah. away in their They write cubicles. sentences like very, 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 they, a lot of. <laughs> they don't yeah. actually. But yeah, yeah, they do. They really. <laughs> yeah, they do, Adam. Oh, well, if their accountant says so, I have to trust I that. I work there now. I'm... I've been there for one, two, three days. That means any number of days, Mickey, as we've already. I can count on one hand the amount of days <laughs> I've been there. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress. And yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress. And I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally. And everybody just piles on it. And it it's comfy. And yet, when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress match in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. 
That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress with my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux, and I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. Adam, you know I have a house full of cats and a couple of big dogs. So I have this one cat who every night likes to stand in the hallway and yowl. And he has kind of a, a little bit like me because uh, of allergies. I don't know why he has it. But his name is Theo and he has a really grovelly voice. So he'll, it's, it's hard to describe it. I can't do a good impression. Um, but it's a little dusty, gravelly voice. Okay, so earlier I was laying on the living room floor because I'm exhausted and I'm wearing a nylon fiber filled vest. As I'm laying on the floor, Theo shoves his head through one sleeve of the vest and crawls up and is now stuck inside in between my back and the vest and is yowling (laughs) because he can't get out. And then finally his head comes out the other sleeve and he goes out. What's not to love? That's what I say. (laughs) What is not to love? Which brings me to this. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. Your pet is part of your family. You know that already. And you want the best for them no matter what. But vet bills can really add up. Go ahead, ask me. That's why you should check out pet insurance. And with ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they may need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. That's a lot of pets. They allow you to customize your plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash Paula. That's ASPCA. We spell that A-S-P-C-A. PetInsurance.com slash Paula. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula. You know, 
Every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. And I played I played Peter Quince. There. There's the connection. One of the mechanicals. That's a great connection. Also, yes, has nothing to do with this, which is that um, Quince is an online clothing store. And as you know, Paula, I've, uh, I've lost a little weight lately. Oh, right. 75 pounds. Yeah. So I literally have no clothes that are in my size until I just ordered some stuff at Quince. And I figured like, here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself. A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got yes. the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got oh. the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i, I think my eyes closed they're so it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're European. Keep that in mind. They're oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kinds. You can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. When sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway. Use our code. So, you know what? I was, I was on this... I was on the CNN website last night. I know Brilliant that, go segue. that goes without saying. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Adam. And there was, there was a, headline, a headline, a headline on the CNN website that said, Amy Schumer shares her baby's name. I don't think you could call any recent day uh -huh. a slow news day, but right. that is a slow news that story. Is, yeah. 
Amy Schumer shares her baby's name. And of course I mean, that's clickbait because because they could say the name in the headline, but they won't because they want you to oh, click. Oh, because you're going to click? Oh, yeah. really? I was supposed to click on that? Oh, yeah. You know, I it, thought, you know what? And that's Someday. a reputable way to do it. Like some of the headli- headlines would be like, you won't believe that Amy Schumer chose to name her baby this. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I've never clicked on any of those. Oh, really? Yeah. I figure someday she's going to say the name aloud when communicating with the child. That's, that's true. Someone that's will true. hear it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, what's the idea of her going, get over here? So you didn't actually... <laughs> so you didn't actually find out what the baby's name is? No, I didn't find out. I didn't care what the... My point is... That, that, who cares? That boy, it's a, that's, that's the a point slow, we're building to? That's the point is, who cares? <laughs> and it got me wondering, like, you know, okay, there had to have been days in history, for example. You know how they have those calendars that are on this day in history? Certainly. Okay. There must be, like, you know, on this day in, uh, you know, there must have been some unremarkable days in history. That's Unremarkable what days saying. in history. On this day in unremarkable history, FDR said, <laughs> Sorry, Eleanor, I feel like there's something stuck in the back of my throat. That would be like an unremarkable It sure day would be. That would be super unremarkable. On, on this day in unremarkable history, Ben Franklin said, Babette, look at this. That could have been unremarkable, yeah, depending on what the object go, he was saying to look at. Uh, well, he used to go to France a lot. You know, he had Oh, he could he have picked up a disease with, there or something. He had affairs with... French oh, so women. So, so, well, he, so he, that look at this could have been a sore, is what you're saying? Possibly. <laughs> okay. He, You know, he died of syphilis, I believe. Did he? Yeah. Although he said he didn't have affairs with those French women. He said that they exchanged, they exchanged letters. Um, wow. But that was back when you had to lick the envelopes. Okay. <sighs> I don't get that at all. It's a sexually transmitted oh, disease. Oh, you can get a sexually transmitted disease if you lick an, the envelope that somebody else licked? It would have to be something like that if Ben Do Franklin were telling... Do you customarily lick a letter when you receive it? Uh, well, no, he must have done it before he sent it. Okay. Maybe he was a... But the, but the, he, was a re, he, he was a reuse guy. He was like... A, a reuse and reuse. Oh, so he licked it Dear over Babette, I received your letter. And now I, I'm licking I'm, it. <laughs> I'm enclosing mine in the same envelope. I regummed the tab. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Babette, look at this. You that know, would be an I, unremarkable I, I say, day in history. I'm pretty sure they didn't have lickable envelopes back then. No, what'd they I think do? that's why they had those uh, oh, the, the wax? The wax seals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, there goes that historical theory. <laughs> well, then. <laughs> uh, Professor Poundstone, we're going to need another explanation. There's no question about it. He fucked those women. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Ben, I went to the wall for you. I did everything I could. Uh, I was your goddamn Bill Barr. You really would. You yeah. really were. I don't know if you heard, but uh, Bill Barr may be impeached. And, yes, uh, the, uh, the, the attorney general of the United attorney States. attorney general may be Mickey Mouse. The president's a swell guy. <laughs> Which would which would put him like President ninth in the Trump line of- didn't do anything wrong. It's called <laughs> presidential harassment. <laughs> That's what Trump always says. Yeah, it's just- called presidential harassment. By who is it called that, or is it whom? It's by him. By him. By yes. him. It's <laughs> yeah. called that. Yes, by him. It's, it's called, called that. presidential harassment. We learned so harassment. much on this show. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very educational show. You know, one of my goals during the making of this podcast. Another uh, great segment. Not only do I want to engage and entertain an audience in such a way as to build connection and reinforce our humanity through laughter and the <laughs> weekly consumption of a vast mountain of junk food. Not only do I want to do that. No. 
but I also want to improve my vocabulary. Yes, we've been doing this. Yeah. We've had a new word every week. And yeah. by gum, soon I'm going to quiz you on those words. Oh, just, I got to see down. whether you've retained them all. I retain them. I use them over and over again. Uh, not the word, really. I do. I do. Um, the word for this week is stultify. Stultify. Oh, that's a good word. It's a verb that means to make ineffectual or futile or worthless. Or the second meaning is to cause to appear foolish, dull-witted, or illogical. Huh. Here, I'll use it in a sentence. Okay. When Adam is unable to understand the effectiveness of my simple sample dialogue, he attempts to stultify it. Or attempts Attorney sim- General Bill Barr was stultified by Senator Kamala Harris's search for the truth. You feel like I stultify uh, that means uh, my, my, I attempt my to simple, make it appear foolish, dull-witted, or illogical. My simple, simple dialogue? Oh, repeatedly. All the time. And by the way... No, 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 I'm agreeing with you. I do. Yeah, you do. And, but and but by I don't way, feel like I have to. Have our numbers been growing? Have our the amount of listeners that we have been growing? They have been. Yeah. Yeah. I know Captain, that... Captain Crickle is nodding. Yeah, they've been growing. <laughs> I know that our membership is down slightly. By nine, yeah. 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 But th- th- those nine people One, never existed. Two, three. That's the all mul- they have. They the got three members. Three, Mickey. You should have gotten that right. Yeah. Um, nine, you know, nine, our, our, nine. Our numbers are going. <laughs> now he's Herman Cain. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be the head of the Fed. Nine, nine, nine. <laughs> you know, it's just picking up a little bit of a Southern accent in your hands. Well, no, I made him a little. I made him a Herman Cain Mickey Mouse. Oh, I see. Nine, nine, nine. Wow, you are a master. You are as yeah. good at voices as you are at balloon animals, Paul. Well, that reminds me. No, I shouldn't have. <laughs> Oh, what's the matter with me? While Paula does this, coming up, Paula's got 14 cats and two dogs, but can she make it as a zookeeper? We'll find out from Professor Gary Wilson on this week's Career Corner when we return on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. And just like that, we're back. You know what Moses said on this unremarkable day in history? What did Moses say on this unremarkable? I'm loving this segment, by the way. <laughs> it's, I love it that it carries over between segments of the show. Oi, oi, the tablets. Oh, they were heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Oi, the tablets. Oi, these tablets. That's, that's what he said on this oh, un- were... unremarkable. Yeah. This... I would actually call that remarkable. Really? Yeah, because you know, sure, he you had to march down You don't think he was a big complainer tablet. before that? No, probably not. Yeah, he, he wasn't. Oi. But... But, Thou you know, shalt not complain. But he was, Oi, cross that off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was given these stone tablets at the top of a mountain yeah. and told to bring them down. Uh, and, and this is God we're talking about. He could have right. said, like, pick them up at the base camp. But yeah, exactly. Didn't. Yeah, God <laughs> says God could have said, you know what? I'll bring them for you. Yeah, I'll put them down there. You yeah. can pick them up right before yeah. you get to. No. Yeah. yeah so. All you need is ID. You pick them up. Oi, the tablets. Yeah, yeah that was. Uh, that's, that's unremarkable, on this, I guess. On this unremarkable day in history. So, Paula. Uh, I don't want to stultify our listeners by stalling or anything. So, Thank you. Uh, how's it going out on the road there, Paula Poundstone? You know, Adam, I love my job. It I is know the you greatest do. job in the world. I consider myself a proud member of the endorphin production industry. The only part of my job that I loathe is the self-promotion. The you part. don't like self-promotion. I hate, you know, having to tweet or do radio interviews where I go, next week I'm going to be at the blah, 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 and the blah, blah, blah. I hate that. Right. Yeah. I just I, I just hate that. You it's know? the thing that makes you wonder whether you should be doing something else. Every now and then I think, you know, I wonder if I could do another job. Yeah. Um, maybe. I wonder, do I have the skills to be 
a zookeeper? Well, Paula Poundstone, to answer that question, welcome to Career Corner. That's a credible hi-ho there, Omar. Yes, it's time for Career Corner, where we learn about the wide world of jobs. Would you like to be a fireman? How about an astronaut? Maybe you'd like to make a living as a spot welder. What can you do with your life? Career Corner has the answer. This week, let's explore an exciting career as a zookeeper. (laughs) Omar Leva, thank you for making my night. (laughs) All right, here to help Paula discover if she could cut it in the stressful, high-stakes world of zookeeping is Gary Wilson. Now, let me tell you this. Gary Wilson is the senior professor in the Exotic Animal Training and Management Program at Moorpark College. Gary has worked as a contractor to the U.S. Navy, training dolphins, sea lions, and belugas. We're going to get into that in a second, Gary. And at the Santa Barbara Zoological Gardens as the relief zookeeper. And he has had the opportunity to work with a wide range of animals, including monkeys, camels, big cats, large reptiles, and birds of prey. So let's have a big career corner welcome for Gary! Thank you so much for being here. Welcome, Gary. Thank you for uh, asking me to be here. Uh, zoos are always looking for good zookeepers. Oh, oh is that true? Uh, excellent. So there's an opening. All right. Well, we're going to find out it. in this career corner whether or not I could cut it oh. as a zookeeper. And the way to find out, I think, is to ask the obvious question. Gary, what do zookeepers do? <laughs> well, a lot of people think that the main part of the job, of course, is just scooping poop, but... There's a lot more to it than that. Okay. Uh-oh. I'm already in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> well, you so, no, you're good at the scooping of poop. Right, but the idea that there's a lot more to it. Okay, that that's is, where that, I may that, be in the that weeds. That's a problem. See, the the zoo is responsible for the well-being of these animals, both the physical well-being and the psychological well-being oh. of the animals in their in their care. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, you have to be really observant. You have to be able to look at the animal, you have to know what's normal behavior mm-hmm. and recognize when there's something off about the animal. And these are non-domestic animals. You know, our our dogs and cats, we've bred them to be companions mm-hmm. and they communicate with us. They let us know when something's wrong, right? right? Your yeah, puppy, centuries of breeding. That, that's right. You know, the ones that's that right. communicate live, yeah. Yeah. But an animal out in nature, if it shows weakness, it shows that there's a problem, it's going to get eaten. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. So they have to hide their feelings. Oh my right. gosh. Thus you have to define what those feelings are. That's right. And you're that the you're the eyes and ears for the veterinarian. The veterinarian's of course responsible for the the health of the animals, sure. but you're the eyes and ears there. You're seeing the animal every day. So you mm-hmm. have to be able to recognize that there's a problem mm-hmm. and then communicate that in a way that the veterinarian is going to understand and be able to determine, well, is this something to worry about or, or can we wait a while? Interesting. You know, until you brought it up, I had not realized that so many creatures in the animal kingdom are so emotionally repressed. <laughs> but yeah, really. They, they just like don't men, know how to let it out. It sounds like men just before they step out on their, uh, on, you know, on, on their, their pregnant wives. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go off to get yeah. a pack of cigarettes yeah, and because, never come back. Because they weren't. And that's un- every animal. Yeah, and they were unable to recognize those symptoms. Uh, can, 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 have you in the past recognized the symptom of an animal that uh, was uh, psychologically ailing? Yeah. Well, you look at it, you see an animal that has uh, its normal behavior is it recognizes you and mm-hmm. and it shows that by its normal. Um, uh, behavior, his mm-hmm. vocalizations, and then mm-hmm. you know one day it doesn't quite. Maybe and that's how you know it's an imposter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, normally it would go, Gary, Gary, <laughs> and, and then one day you go in and it goes, <sighs> Dave. 
<laughs> and that's how you know. <laughs> uh, now, if yeah. you were hiring a zookeeper, which in fact it sounds like you yeah. are, yeah. Um, what kind of qualities would you be looking for? And I'm guessing the Mickey Mouse voice is not one of them. <laughs> yeah. So um, I have some uh, sample questions, for example, that oh, here's one that I think you might do okay with. Well, you're what, getting a job interview here, oh, Paula. Oh, good. Um, you're also going to interact with the public, and maybe there's something that they're doing they shouldn't be. So, say you work at this zoo, and yeah. you see a patron feeding an animal. Oh. What, what do you do? Um, uh, what, do you what do you suppose? No, he's asking okay, you. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I cheat. I, uh, we just had a job interview yeah. expert teach you how to do right. job interviews. Okay, good. And yeah. now, a mere two or three weeks later, yeah. you get your chance okay. to show uh, what you've learned. Um, I would say, uh, excuse me, uh, you're not feeding that jaguar, are you? Okay. Because I don't want to accuse okay. them. What if they're okay. not? I do, I'd say, you know, that's not healthy food for the jaguar. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd so educate it, them. I would right. stop them and then I would educate them. So you want to teach them about the fact that uh, zoo animals have a special diet. Yeah. There's, you know, you've heard of uh, dog chow, but yeah. there's monkey there's chow. Ja there's jaguar there's, chow. There's, yeah, that's right. Yeah. There's, there's special. Well, let's let's role play that. Paula, let's pretend I'm feeding a jaguar. Okay. Come, come on up to me and yeah. come at me. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not feeding that jaguar that hot dog, are I you? I sure the hell am. <laughs> yeah, well, sir, uh, jaguars don't eat hot dogs. It's not good for... You oh, know. I, I boiled this one up special for him. Look, he loves it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've been doing this on the sly every day for 10 years. I haven't killed him yet. Security! <laughs> now, how's that Security. go? How'd you do? Yeah, well, yeah, that could happen, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> okay, right. so, all right. So, I would, yeah, I would want to educate the patron That's about great. why you don't want to do right. that now do you know you, another another thing you need to know is about yeah. animal training yeah so a lot of people why, do you, think, why, why would you train an animal in a zoo so people have an idea that okay the animal's confined in the zoo mm -hmm. and we're going to do whatever we need to, to keep it well and so mm -hmm. forth but we actually can get the animal to participate in its own care for example if the veterinarian has to come and uh, either restrain the animal to give it a shot or mm -hmm. Or to do an examination, that's stressful. Yeah. So we want to avoid that if we can. So yeah. what we've been doing for don't use stirrups. For <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> one of the worst parts of any examination is the stirrups. I'm I'm amazed that we went there so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> we were one sentence into this. Yeah, it's yeah. almost impossible to get an ostrich in into syrup? the stirrup because they're so far apart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so, sorry. Okay. Pretend you so, didn't hear that. And let's yeah. continue. Sorry. So you you just stultified him. I didn't mean to stultify your explanation. <laughs> we, so we train the animals to cooperate. We uh -huh. teach them through to put the gown on. Yeah, put the gown on. <laughs> you usually no, know. You teach yeah. them to emotionally be able to emotionally to deal with an examination, we, right? To, we, to we, might, we might train them to allow us to uh, to clip some hair off of them, actually to shave a spot. So How that do we you can train, uh, uh, like what kind of animal might you be talking about? We've done it with a tiger, for example. You, you've trained a tiger uh -huh. to allow you to shave a spot of its hair? Do yeah. You, do, is it like when you go to a hairdresser, do you show it magazines? <laughs> Like with other tigers? Like, Shave tiger want, today. Yeah. Do, you want, no. do you want this mohawk? <laughs> no, no, not quite. That sounds like a really dangerous training process. Yeah. How do so, you train the tiger to allow so you to shave its hair? A lot of good men hair? and women died training that tiger to like a shave. Yeah, really. <laughs> 
So. Yeah. I'll bet you the Tigers, if we could only understand what they say to each other, they're like, there's a guy who came here last night. He thinks he's training me. To let him shave my hair. <laughs> no, no, no. On day four, I'm going to eat that fucker. <laughs> All right, I'm going to do something uncharacteristic on our podcast, and I'm going to ask that the guest answer the question. Okay. <laughs> Which is, so, how, how do you train a tiger to, to accept a Guess that a, a doesn't shave. give me a lot to do so, right now. Well, Just 30 seconds, Paula. Well, Paul is on to something in that we do have to Thank communicate. You, we do have to... We do need to communicate to the animal. Absolutely. We've got to communicate. And we use that. We, what we do is we use positive reinforcement. Uh-huh. We use operant conditioning. And that's a language that operant the animal... Operant conditioning. What does that conditioning. mean? It means that the animal's behavior can result in reinforcement. Mm-hmm. The animal... Things that lead to good things, animals want food, mm-hmm. uh, scratch on the ear, whatever. It'll do those things more often. Or it'll they mostly do it just again. want food and sex, isn't that correct? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, so you just do the thing like, 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 okay, tiger, if you so, let us shave us, we're going to stop playing Nickelback. No. We, <laughs> so that would be what we call negative reinforcement. Oh, okay, right, right, right. right. And that's that's where we take an well, aversive yeah. thing Pretty away. Pretty judgmental about a very successful band, Gary. <laughs> okay. Um. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well, I was <laughs> going off the way you said. Yeah, yeah, you no, were you're absolutely right. You're absolutely so right. what did you yeah. do? So, all right. So you give them reinforcement. So, so first we start with some basic things like uh, just come over here and I'll give you a piece of food. And uh-huh. so then the cat learns, okay, that it's worth coming to that person uh-huh. and because here, food's going to be available. Uh-huh. And then and on the we, third time you take out the clippers. No, we take. Do you ever show them you doing your own hair? Well, no. I think the thing to do would be to have somebody get in a tiger suit and, and get fed That's a lot a good for being idea. Right. Yeah. See? See? Yeah. We're, we, we, it, we can totally it, throw Gary out of well, business with our Get habits. in a tiger suit with one patch of fur missing. Yeah. And just well, be eating gummy bears. It, um, tigers don't learn so well by copying behavior. Monkeys, oh, they don't? Monkeys, monkeys do that. Monkeys oh, yeah. 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 yeah, monkeys yeah. will do that. All right. So first you tell the tiger... You know, come here and I'll give so, you some food. So it starts associating the keeper with the food. Right. And then I imagine they associate can, keepers with food to begin with, don't yeah, they? Yeah, but let them get, let it, so, we're, we're really okay. going to get here. All right. And then, and then by how you present the food, you can get the tiger to get into a corner of the enclosure so that uh-huh. its nose is in one spot and its tail's in another spot. Uh-huh. And then you can reach in and pull the tail through an opening and you do small approximations, meaning that... First, we just touch the tail and yeah. reward the tiger with some food yeah. for allowing that. Yeah. And then manipulating the, whole thing the tail. Is a setup. And then. Yeah. Go ahead, touch my so, fucking tail. Go ahead. And then. No, but it's, you're slowly then, acclimating the tiger right. to the idea that when it gets fed and, in that special corner and of the cage. We're teaching that it's worthwhile. It's worthwhile right. to do this because yeah. you're right. getting food. You're yeah. getting, and so we just keep uh, doing more and more, and we bring clippers 
that he might be afraid of, and we turn on the clippers, and the, yeah. and, 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 and at a distance, we hold them away, and then we bring them closer and closer, and we reward the cat. How long does this take? Well, it can take months. Yeah. It can take months, but we want to take our time because we... We have to, this is the language that we have that communicate with the animal. So yeah. we've got to teach it that yeah. we always want the animal to be successful. Right. So all these, all these steps, it's learning, oh, I can do this. This, is, this isn't hard. I can do this. I get food for doing this. This uh-huh. is cool. Yeah. And eventually we shave a little bit of the tail and the cat accepts that. And then we start pressing uh, like just our fingernail to it to simulate uh, a needle. Uh-huh. And we can eventually get to where we're actually sticking a needle in and pulling blood and getting a blood sample from the cat. So we don't That's have fantastic. to, we don't have to knock it down with an, you know, anesthetic. We yeah. don't have to restrain it. Huh. And the cat now, now it's does often, this work all the time or have you been maimed? Well, not in doing this kind of, process right okay. but, yeah but i mean when you, you had some negative animal encounters that yeah you want to share with i've us? had a few but the, um, where, the where, listeners where, don't know this but gary has an enormous <laughs> scar across his <laughs> we were told not to mention right the scar from, from the, the top, top of his forehead left uh, uh, hand side of his forehead across his nose right. all the way down his neck and that was from what did you tell me a camel <laughs> well a camel with a, cam- a knife yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no way a camel in a wild yeah. could do that it was a camel who slips some money to the tiger. Well, yeah. Actually, yeah. Act like you're going to let him touch your tail. Yeah. <laughs> was, I, had a, I had a female camel lay on me one time. Yeah. Oh. She was you had not, a female camel lay was, on you yeah, one she was, time? She was not We happy. hadn't even expected to get to this in the interview. <laughs> no. Well, we didn't expect to get past the second Send question. Send camel to bed. <laughs> okay. Now, Gary, I feel like we've buried the lead here a little bit because we're about to do something really special on this show tonight. Now, you know, not only are we all familiar with the zookeeper appearing on the late night television show. Yeah. Um, but you've actually participated in that kind of stuff, right? You, you assisted yeah. Jack Hanna, did you? Yeah, I've, on the I Tonight Jack. Show. Yeah. Well, so tonight we're going to attempt something that people said was a stupid thing to do on an audio broadcast. <laughs> it was, I understand you brought some animals with I you. Did. I did. I did. And, and, yeah, I did wrestle with that because they don't necessarily the make a fucking camel out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! These, these it recognizes you. I can tell but... it recognizes you. <laughs> no, no, we, we don't care so, that they don't make a lot of noise. Well, Paula so, will pretend to be them anyway, and it will so, sound like Mickey Mouse. <clears throat> Paula, I need you yeah. to put these gloves on. I'm put Ooh. these. I'm putting on these. We're gonna take some pictures some and put them on our gloves, Facebook page yeah. and our websites and stuff. Oh people will be able God. to see this exciting audio. <laughs> the, the visual yeah. component All right, so I've got. Gloves on. I've got a pair of uh, suede leather gloves on. Yes, you do. Uh, and Gary is opening up a thing. He's opening up a uh, like a, a, a kennel here. Yeah. A, well, it's a plastic bin. Yeah, yeah it's a. Um, he's calling uh, it a kennel, but it's the kind of thing you might bring a sizable cake to a picnic in. This is a Egyptian spiny-tailed lizard, or a, a spiny-tailed lizard. Now I want to come over so, there and see that, but I'm the only one on the microphone at this moment. So go ahead, now, Paul, <laughs> so, go enjoy. I'll, I'll report what's going on. It's an Egyptian so, spiny-tailed this is the lizard. Idea so ever. here's another thing you have to. Paula, as a zookeeper, you have to learn scientific <laughs> names of these things. Yeah, okay. Egyptian so, spiny-tailed lizard. Well, that's that's, the, that's a, a common a name. Latin oh. name is what you need. Oh. Right, it's it's Euromastix Egyptia. Euromastix Egyptia. Yeah, that's it. Very good. Well, I knew that. Sounds like Europe. And when Egypt you called are, it a spiny-tailed whatever, I thought well, that's what's a colloquial name. Okay, so you're going to lift this lizard so I can see it. Oh, my God. Wow. So it's, it's, like, it's a monstrous little lizard. Well, this and guy tail, is... Gary, correct me if I'm wrong. That tail looks spiny. It is spiny. It's that, a spiny-tailed lizard. And uh, this guy is a young one. He's, uh-huh. he's about five years old. 
Um, his name's Larry. Larry. I yeah. almost it's named funny my, Paul's my puppy is Mo. named Mo. <laughs> I almost named my the pod puppy Mo. I almost yeah. named it Larry. It would have been so confusing had I. Hey, so, yeah. <laughs> so when you handle an animal, this would be yeah. a, a situation where you might bring an animal out and yeah. and let the public get close to it. Yeah. Right. Uh, this kind of interaction, getting to see a live animal, is really important for people to develop an appreciation for these animals. I'm appreciating and Larry it, right now. Yeah, this yeah. is an animal that's only found in in uh, Africa uh-huh. and Arabia. And lives and, in, in really and hot Miranda areas. Street. And so, and Miranda Street. So, <laughs> did, did you name him that so you can take him to bars? Actually, he, and go like, I'm, I'm Gary and this is Larry. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't. He, he uh, actually, he was, Larry, Larry was found inside one of the mattresses on Miranda Street. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's important that you support his weight. So, okay. use both hands to yeah. hold him up. And then... Yeah. And then just keep your thumbs over him, so that'll discourage him from running off of your hands. You don't yeah. want to okay. drop Can him. Can you do that, okay. Mola? Okay, and when I hold him, you shave his tail. <laughs> it doesn't have hair. What would you do if he ran? Well, <laughs> he, where would he go? Okay. Yeah. As um, we said, we're on Miranda Street. You could get some medical marijuana if you wanted. Obviously, this is audio, but I want you to know, well, Larry has the angriest look on his face right now. <laughs> he really does. I'm, I'm able to communicate. What he's saying right now is, Get your fucking thumb off my back. See, I thought what he was thinking was, wow, my uncle got the Tonight Show, and I get this shit. <laughs> I get a wow. podcast in North Hollywood. So Larry does look mad, doesn't he, Gary? Yeah. No, Are you able to really. read that no, expression? I, yeah, no, he looks like that all the time. Does he Actually, look like yeah, that he, all the time? Yeah, he, can. Yeah, he does. <laughs> oh, it's just uh, another day uh, for Gary. And, I mean, and, Larry. So, um, are you going to well, feed actually, him? I'm going to I'm going to offer him a dandelion flower here. Let's see oh, if he Oh, let's feed him. Larry, do you want a dandelion? Oh, listeners, I assure you this is much more exciting for us than it is for you. Look at that. Oh, he's he's eating the dandelion, ladies and gentlemen. He's eating the No, now that I'm yelling, he's not eating anymore. Oh, now he's eating it again. No, no he's lunging for three musketeers. Yeah. <laughs> he's dropped the dandelion. He's gone for wow. the original now, Butterfinger. A uh, common question that would be asked in an interview where you're uh, uh, trying for a job, where you're going to be sharing animals with the public, yeah. would be you might be given an object and say and told, okay, just talk for two minutes on this object. Uh-huh. Oh, and so tell us, you have, about, tell us about this lizard. Uh, uh, Larry, the uh, African spiny-tailed lizard. Not even close. Uh Excuse, no, 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 excuse me, no, sir. No, no. Egyptian. No, what, what, Egyptian. Egyptian. Oh, Egyptian. So it's close. Yeah. yeah. Well, it is close. Yeah. Uh, Egyptian spiny-tailed lizards. Sorry, I was thinking of the other kind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Larry appears to have fairly powerful uh, jaws. He looks like he's a little bit on the jowly side. He has a head not unlike a um, bearded dragon lizard uh, without the beard. Um, Which means, well, we know that it's because Gary shaved the guy. Uh, he has a uh, he has a uh, kind of a, a a wrinkly torso. Oh, now we're getting personal insults. And a long, well, not surprisingly, spiny tail. <laughs> uh, uh, he's got um, two little holes for his nose, and um, if it's not my imagination, um, he's had some. Work done on his eyes. <laughs> Gary, has Larry had some work done on his no, eyes? No, he hasn't. Right. Okay, well, then it is my imagination. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he had it before he came to uh, so, Gary. Right. How, how's Paula doing? Like, she's doing job great. Yeah, she's, she's doing, doing great. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm a zoo guest. Uh, yes, why zoo is, guest, Why Gary. is his tail spiny? Um, to beat the shit out of <laughs> uh, um, uh, enemies. 
Mommy, she said shit. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, little fella, let's head over to the gorilla cage. I believe you'll be saying it any minute now. Um, yeah, I think he, one of the ways he fights off uh, his enemies. Predators. Predators. Uh, predators uh, yeah. is by uh, whacking them with his spiny tail. Is this true? Yeah, also, that's true. It's yeah, true. true. I could see where uh, Larry might be on the fast side because mm-hmm. these um, legs, I mean, he has very distinct knees. And I, I, it looks like those legs are pretty powerful, and he could really hustle if he had to. Yep. Uh, or if he thought he had to. They actually have – so the fact that he's he's um, not inflated actually is a good sign. Well, whoa, 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 wait. What would he look like if he was inflated? So what they'll do you know, I'm is – I'm going to make a balloon animal they will, that looks just like Larry. <laughs> <laughs> if they're, he, if they're, he, he comes to resemble Paula's right boob. They'll actually, if they're threatened, <laughs> they'll run in between the crevices and rocks, and then they'll suck in air and expand their body. And Expands his body so that you can't get so it can't out pull from out in out between the, the, the rocks. That's right. Oh. That's right. Uh-huh. That's right. That's all, and cool. all that you can see is that that spiny tail that's waving around and. So he would inflate and then continue to whack with his tail. That's right. That's wow, right. that's smart, Larry. And it's kind of interesting, you, that it was, you know, insightful that you mentioned bearded dragon because they're actually in the same family. The, oh, are they? Yeah, really? we had a bearded the, dragon uh, yeah. uh, named Daisy. Okay. Uh, turned out to be a male. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and, and Larry does look a little bit like Daisy. Um, yeah. All right. Well, this is this is based same, for some great audio. The same look of love. Let's let's retire Larry for now because I understand yep. you have another bigger and and right. just as exciting animal. All right. And, Gary, and you know that Gary doesn't off? even bother with the gloves. No, Gary just <laughs> just manhandles that. He Gary just handles pit, that. Gary put Larry's head oh, in his mouth. They, yeah. <laughs> Gary just put the lizard's head in his mouth and then swung it into the bin. <laughs> Gary's amazing. Now you have you have another animal here. This and is a mammal. Put, it's a mammal. So Paula, since it's a mammal, what do you expect it to have that Larry doesn't have? A little fur. Yeah. Got very a little good. fur. Going to be breathing the oxygen, not eating its young, of course. Well, I'm pretty sure the lizards <laughs> breathe oxygen as well. And by the way, That's a true. mammal, then it must have a podcast because we all do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is going to be pretty interesting. Now, if you're if you're listening at home, what you're missing right now is absolutely nothing. Because, uh, no, that's not true. Gary's putting Gary, on some gloves. Gary is suiting up right now. He's putting on the compression gloves. He's getting a lot of circulation. All right. Um, and here it comes. It's a... Uh, dear God, it's a tribble. This is a... It's a tribble. It looks exactly <laughs> like a tribble. Does it have a face somewhere? It does. It's under there. Oh, my uh, God. Oh, Tell us about so this little uh, creature. Oh, so this is a, a little... four-toed hedgehog. It's a four-toed really? hedgehog. Or, um, or African pygmy hedgehog. Oh, wow. Wow. Look so... at that. Here comes his face. Oh, who's got oh, a little hedgehog that is face? The cutest little you hedgehog do. face. You do. And he's got four toes. You know what that means? Um, he may work eventually at uh, Maximum Disney. Fun. Oh, at Maximum Fun. <laughs> as the accountant. Oh, I um, see. Look they got that. four members. Now I'm assuming that means four toes on each limb. Actually, on Total his hind, sixteen on his hind feet, and he actually has five toes on the front feet. So what? So he's got eighteen yeah. toes. Yeah, eighteen toes. So I'm wearing gloves because he has spines. Oh, those are oh. spines. Yeah, because they so, look so fuzzy. I mean, he paint. does. If you're a fan of the old Star Trek, he looks exactly like a triple. Yeah, like an adorable faceless powder puff. <laughs> but they're not soft. 
They're pokey. They're pokey. Yeah. Okay. You want to hold them? Yeah. Paul? Okay. Yeah. So, I want Paul to hold so, them too, but I do not want it. And what's this one's name? Cup your hands. This is Needles. It's, his name is oh, Needles. Yeah. Okay, that's a little on the nose, don't you think, Gary? <laughs> well, his companion is Pins. And his companion oh, is Pins again. Oh, my Yeah. Well, he's tucking his little nose um, into my Into glove. the crook of your hand. Yeah. yeah. Um, as if he doesn't really want to look at me. Well. Ah! Did you just bite me, Gary? I don't think so. I think so, Gary. <laughs> Gary doesn't think he bit you. I don't think he can bite you through those gloves. Now, is that well, something he didn't that, get to me, okay, but I think he right. was trying. How all often right. does a zookeeper falsely accuse an animal of biting them? <laughs> no, what, yeah. no, he definitely made a biting motion. I don't okay. know. I don't think he made it through right. the gloves. You can, Yeah, you can oh, touch it. Just be careful. They are sharp. Oh, they are. Now, how old is um, Needles? Needles is. Think. You're off microphone, so I'm just going to repeat everything yeah. you say. Gary. Needles is uh, two, two years old. Two years he's old. He's holding up his paw. He says four. Well, that's, that's how many toes he's got, Paula. Wow. You think he was trying to bite me, or he was just moving his nose? Well, maybe maybe, maybe he doesn't want to be held by you now that you falsely accused him, Paula. Now, when they needles. when they are frightened by something, what do they? They do, do a behavior called popcorning, mm-hmm. <laughs> where they so they um, they have a band of muscle. Okay. Around their uh, middle, okay. and it pulls tight like a drawstring. It pulls their skin down around their belly and their legs, uh-huh. and it makes like those, a compression oh, sock. Like a compression Gary, sock, Gary, and it makes this. all the. It makes That's all definitely lines. biting my glove. All right, do you see that? Do you see those teeth marks on that glove, Gary? <laughs> yeah, Gary, take them back. Your your needles has gone bad. All right, I, I, Tony, Tony. If you could just that. photograph that. I guess Paula wasn't This kidding. animal that Gary insists doesn't bite. Just Gary, right you're like the... you're like like half the parents I know in, in my in my kids kindergarten class. Oh no, she plays nice all the time. She that she would never hit. Yeah. No, would. that went right that was right through like, the goddamn glove, Gary. You know there is a uh, <laughs> Gary, what, veter- what's up with that? I've worked with a lot of veterinarians and they uh-huh. they say the uh, you have to be careful when you ask the owner does your dog bite? Right. Because they always say, no, it doesn't no. bite. And, it, and it what they mean is, it doesn't bite me. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think exactly. that's what just happened here, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I would right. say that Needles um, has become Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very impressive. Well, um, um, on that note, I'm just going to say thank you, Gary, for taking Gary. us on the safari of knowledge. This was now, spectacular. Now, Paula, yeah. as, as you gaze into Needles' feral, violent eyes, yeah. What have you learned about being a zookeeper, and could you do that job? All right, so I think I know what I need to know to be a zookeeper. Uh, Omar, could I have some background zookeeper music? In order to be a zookeeper, you have to be able to hold an animal and talk about it to the public for two minutes or so. The four-toed hedgehog, ladies and gentlemen, is an insect eater. They don't eat meat. In order to be a zookeeper, you have to be observant. So the four-toed hedgehog is an insect eater. Is that blood dripping down my arm? (laughs) Zookeepers have to notice if the animal has a change of behavior. So the gentle four-toed hedgehog is brewing its head into the opening it has created in the muscular pad of my thumb. You have to be able to tell the zoo visitors not to feed the animals. Sir! Please don't feed the four-toed hedgehog. They have a very special diet. Bugs and the meat from my hand. (laughs) So, um, Paula, where are you going to be appearing next? 
Uh, on June 7th, Adam. <laughs> I'm going to be in St. Paul, Minnesota at the Fitzgerald Theater. And on June 21st, you can find me in Medford, Massachusetts at the Chevalier Theater. You can find all my tour dates at paulapoundstone.com. Yes, you can. Gary Wilson is the senior professor in the Exotic Animal Training and Management Program at Moore Park College, Moore Park, California. Thank you so much for being on our show, Gary. Thanks, Gary. That was fantastic. Absolutely great. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just going to put some uh, antibacterial yeah. salve. You, you, you do that, and then we'll see about the, getting your prosthesis the, there. The Don't call hand. us, Paula. We'll call you. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, where in the world is Thomas Coyne? The Cat of the Week is Tucker from Rhinebeck, New York. Thank you, Omar Leva. You have been fantastic tonight, man. Really great. Okay, did you see the um, balloon animal that I made of the hedgehog? I did not. Okay, do you see the four toes? I didn't see anything other than a balloon that had been twisted once or twice. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. Where is it? Do you see the little... The, careful. The one you're making now? Yeah, because these are sharp quills, so don't touch... Paula, it, it is in fact just a balloon at this point. No, it's not. You don't well, see the... You know, if, if you're just you know, getting involved I'll tell you in our show, don't you... stultify my balloon animals. I don't need to make your balloon animals look stupid. Do you see the little quills? <laughs> yes, I see the uninflated end of the balloon. Yeah, okay, that's a that's quill. Your, that's a quill? Yeah. So that doesn't qualify as quills then, does it? Well, you know, Adam, you do have to use some imagination when you look at a balloon <laughs> animal. <laughs> Thank you this very much. Bonnie's, Captain Crinkle says it's good. It could be anything, but it's, it's What good. do you mean it could be anything? It's a four-toed. Well, it's a shape. It's a four-toed. Show me the four toes. Hedgehog. Now, we're doing more visual stuff for our listeners. I'm going to show you this the four toes, episode. but I'm going to do it as Mickey Mouse. One, two, three. Once again, Mickey can't count. Exactly. He only has three fingers. Okay. So you know what? I was just in the restroom, and I want to say this. A, fabulous experience, and B, Yeah. Thomas Coyne is not there. Okay. Okay, now, if you're a new listener, and it's true, we, we make fun, but we and have sure new we, listeners every we week. we have new listeners every week. Are you the kidding numbers, me? And we really do have new yeah, listeners and, every week. And members, we have members right. up the yin-yang. Less so, we, but oh, yes. We have almost 10,000 listeners. No, no, no. We have more than 10,000 oh, listeners. Oh, yeah, more than 10. We have almost 10,000 members. We booked almost 1,000 new members for Maximum Fun. Right, exactly. This is really what we're saying. Yeah, that's okay. what I'm saying. And we're wrong about that, too. But yeah. anyway, for those of you who, who might be new or need a refresher, yeah. um, in our third episode of this Mighty Mighty podcast, we had booked a survivalist to tell us how to survive bear attacks. Yeah. Thomas Coyne was his name. Uh-huh. Runs a survival school. Never made it to the podcast. Now, he either we ghosted tr- on us or died. Uh, we tried texting him, emailing him. We tried calling him. He, Tony Anita Hull had made the arrangement for him to be here right. with us on Miranda Street to and explain he, to us how to survive a bear attack. And he apparently didn't survive Miranda Street. For right, all exactly. And, and this is we not don't a know. great neighborhood. In no, time, in but we don't know where he bought it. We don't know if it was on his way out of his own driveway. Yeah, uh, where, Here on Miranda you know, Street, we have no in way of knowing. Yeah. So, uh, but what we have been doing, fortunately, we have listeners who have been very engaged, uh, and I want to thank everyone uh, who's participated in this manhunt. Um, yes. And, and Paula has set up this this what she calls an international dragnet to find Thomas Coyne, the survivalist. Which so is I'm going to give you the update. Yeah. We haven't found him. We have That's not yet the found update. him. 
I'm going to submit that one of the reasons we haven't found him is that, A, we haven't tried calling him in a long time, and B... Um, That's not how you find someone who's on the lamb. These search methods that you're using are, are not very efficient because what you're That's doing not is true. you're having our listeners report places where they don't see him. Like exactly. you just reported the bathroom over right, there. Right, because I'm doing my job. But that's not going to help because um, he could be no. in that bathroom right now. I, I, To borrow a phrase from Harry Potter or from the Harry Potter book, uh, uh, you know, constant vigilance. Uh, a lot of our listeners have been going on the Facebook page and, and we have an yes, interactive map. we have a map. bunch of... Where they say where they we have, have not seen him. Yes. And it's been very helpful. It hasn't, but here we it's go. It's been very helpful. We're yes. narrowing. We're not at all, but here we yeah. go. River Honer writes, I can confirm that he is not at the Shibuya Crossing, the world's busiest pedestrian intersection in Tokyo, Japan. See, a lot of people would have thought that because it is the world's busiest uh, intersection that he would be there. But uh, thank you, River. Well, this for- one person thinks that even if he were at that crossing at that moment, because it is the busiest pedestrian crossing in the world. It was the right place to look for him. That she, he could have been there, and, yeah, and she exactly. might not have seen him. Yeah, exactly. Or, or he might not have seen him. No, River no, he there, wasn't there. Okay. He looked. Don uh, P. says, quote, Thomas Coyne was not at the Bijou chain-off area at the summit of Pine Pass in northern British Columbia, Canada, this morning at 7.26 a.m. That was on March 29th. Oh, fuck. I could have sworn... That's yeah. where we I... We're going to get him there and yeah. then? Oh, my gosh. I'm on the edge of my seat. I want to thank Don P. for at least acknowledging that there's a temporal component to this, that Paula seems to be missing. Okay, um, Noah mm-hmm. Vamosi. No, Noah Vamosi. That's uh, Mrs. Vamosi's youngest. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes, the youngest of the Vamosis. I am sorry to inform you, but unfortunately, your dear survivalist was not in room 215 at the Amherst Regional High School in Amherst, Massachusetts at 1.25 p.m. today, February 15th. As Adam said on the show, this might not be the most effective way to find Mr. Coin. Bless you, Noah. Fuck you, Noah. Fuck you. <laughs> Goddamn high school kid. That's what I think. Well, but you Paula. weren't in the class either, Noah. That's what I'll bet. Oh, boy. Does your mother know you're not going to class? No, you really have a way of reaching out to our listeners. Yeah. You know what, Noah? He disagrees with you, and you're yeah. like... No, you know what? He's, him. If Noah went to school, he would know that this is a fine way of looking for something. Uh, on the other hand, John... Odolin, John Odolin, yes. uh, let us know that Thomas Coyne is not in the cereal aisle of the Wegmans supermarket in Princeton, New Jersey. I've and been to isn't that, that where they correct the SATs, by the way? And uh, he also says that Captain Crunch is the best cereal ever. Okay, well. Captain I, I, Crunch. Uh, not who, to be confused with Captain Crunch. I was going to say, Captain Crunch, he was uh, recently <laughs> recently at the officer's mess with yes. uh, with Captain Crinkle. Yes, Captain Crunch was eventually like, God damn it. Yeah. I mean, my cereal crunches, but you're yeah. like a symphony of noise. Yeah. The crunching only goes on while you're eating. The crinkling goes on forever. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and uh, don't forget, we have our interactive Thomas Coin map on Facebook for whatever it's worth. Um, and according to the map, here are some of the exotic places. And I'm going to. I just want to go back to one thing. What's Fuck that? you, Noah. Fuck I'll you. Leave Noah alone. He's a listener. Goddamn high school kid. Or he was his a parents, listener. His parents were probably those rich people that got him into high school by he photoshopping might, he his might face be a teacher. onto an athlete. He's not a teacher. <laughs> If he were a teacher, he would know that this is a perfectly effective way of finding Thomas Coyne. No, it's not. Anyway, um, here are some of the exotic places that Thomas Coyne was not reported uh, on our on the website. Um, I'm going to pronounce a lot of these wrong. One is Kariaku, Tanzania. Kariaku, of course. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
Hergia Costa Rica. You got a little German there. We did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hergia. Hergia. No, no, there's a post World War II. It was founded as a colony of for Nazis. The uh, city of Brno in the Czech Republic. Is Brno. B R N O. There's no there's no B E R B U R Brno. Brno. That sounds very Czech to me. Yeah. Uh, the retreat it's, it spot. It sounds like you have lockjaw. That's what it sounds like. Brno. <laughs> you know, you, you can read step some of these on a rusty nail eventually. Brno. Um, he's apparently not been located at the retreat spa, cabin number four at the Blue Lagoon Spa in Reykjavik, Iceland. Yeah. Yeah, boy. Well, cabin number three. Yeah. Still a hot contender, as uh-huh. is, must I point out, cabin number four. Uh, he's not at the Global Center Mall in Chengdu, Sichuan, China, the largest building in the world by square footage. And this brings us back to the Shibuya pedestrian crossing fallacy. I can't go to a Yankee game at Yankee Stadium and report, oh, Thomas Coyne's not at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, because, because you're not helping. No, because it's big. It's big. Well, you look around, Adam. You look around. For God's sake. I think sakes. that it's the, the, what else you got? this another person one. You could do the who went to the Global Center Mall in Chengdu, Sichuan, China, uh, which is the largest building in the world by square footage, yeah. they went through the building and looked. To an extent, I suppose. All right. You, uh, also- you sound exhausted from your own little search here in the. Uh- I'm, I'm not searching. Yeah, you're I'm not just searching. Not. I'm, I'm yeah. a non-com in yeah, this particular. Yeah, you know what? Once again, you try to stultify my methods. I, uh, once again, your methods need no additional stultification. I'll tell you where he's not. The okay. Isle of Rosse Distillery in Scotland. Ah, the Isle of Rosse. Um, uh, yeah, it's R-A-A-S-A-Y. Yeah. Yeah, unless yeah, somebody somebody's yawned A while was they were just naming it. sticking. Yeah. Um, um, and he's not in the West Virginia Penitentiary. <laughs> At this time. Now, we got a note from Tony Anita Hall. This is a very important note. Yeah. No one has put a pin on anywhere in Russia. Could Thomas Coyne be there? Oh, see? Tony Anita Hall is... Uh, Noting what countries... Uh, no, she's really got... She's right, paying we, cl- careful we got China attention. and Japan covered She's going to be the one to find him. It's going to be her. You know who's yeah. going to be the one to find him? Yeah. He's going to find us. <laughs> and he's going to kill us. <laughs> My prediction. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Remember, you can send your updates to nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. Uh, or you can visit us on Facebook at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone to see our interactive map and place a pin where Thomas Coyne is not. You know, last week we did a taste test on the potato chip brand Hawaiian chips. The writing on the package claims that when you eat the chips, you'll feel like you're on an island or floating towards an island or covered in plastic infested ocean water or something. Probably not Um, that. We we ate a bag or two of Hawaiian chips and didn't feel that we budged off of our studio in the land of discarded toilets and mattresses. Right. However, we did really enjoy the chips. They make great chips. Which is, I think, the best you can expect from a chip. I don't really expect it to make me feel like I'm traveling. Just a, a, a tasty chip is enough. Um, in this week's Further Disappointments Department... Oh, the legendary Further Disappointments in Department. In this week's Further Disappointments Department, we also learned... That Hawaiian chips are not even remotely Hawaiian. What? They're made. <laughs> they're made in Algona, a suburb of Seattle, and don't even include any Hawaiian ingredients. In fact, a man named Michael Maida, who bought a bag of Hawaiian chips in Honolulu, is suing the company for their misrepresentation. 
I guess he ate some chips. This is true. I read about this. Yeah, too. yeah. he ate some chips there in Honolulu and I had a feeling that he was floating in a suburb of Seattle. That's probably what did it. No, it's it is really disappointing. Apparently, um not they're, they're, a th- we have some chips here on the table, right? Yeah, and you got you yeah. you bought the unflavored ones today, so it's uh, it's well, even it's, less uh, impressive, but um well they're crispy and crunchy and gluten-free. Uh but right on the front there's two like Compelling uh, women dressed in Hawaiian garb with Are a volcano compelling? behind what do you mean them. By I think so. Oh, I'm I was, compelled. I would. I was going to see babes, but I, uh, yeah. I didn't. You know, didn't. No, they're see they're they are wasp wasted hula girls. Yeah. yeah. Yes. They have beads that can't decide which side of their breasts to be on. Oh, so they're just over the top? I hadn't even yeah, noticed. Well, they're, I they're, to, parted, oh. they're parted by the nipple. The beads oh. are parted by the nipple. I, I, I think you're you're just sort of making that part up. I'm not making that up. Look right there. There's Is that no bead not part of nipples? Well, no, but That's you have to. You got to use your imagination. I'm uh, not going to you know imagine what? that. Hold on. You know I'm going to make a balloon animal of what? Of these Hawaiian women. Oh my God! Oh, no, um, you're not. So, anyways, uh, <laughs> so they're not even made. Uh, they're not even made. So, so like, this is just some uh, Seattle. Is it Seattle? Uh, it's it Algona. This is some Seattle hipsters' uh, vision of what a Hawaiian chip <laughs> life might look like. It's and, and, and I feel a little bit disappointed. I like further so, disappointed by it's, this. Um, it's, it's you know what? Chalk it up to the uh, further disappointments department. I don't know that I'd sue. I have to say that to Mister Maida. I understand it. Like th- this is law. You're not allowed to say something is made in Hawaii unless part of it is made in Hawaii. I didn't even know that. Yeah, it turns out that's that's the law. And um, but if you look these these guys, uh, this Washington company doesn't claim they were made in Hawaii. No, they don't. But they, they represent it so. They represent, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's what Ma- Mr. Maid yeah, is is, yeah. is suing for. I believe yeah. it's emotional distress or something. Emotional distress. And that, now, the that way, seems a little far-fetched. How, how tenderly balanced must he have been to begin with? Yeah. How, how teetering on the edge. How how jingle like must he have been yeah. to begin with? I gotta say that he suffered say, those... <laughs> emotional distress from where his chips were made. Yeah, I gotta say, given given that the chips affected him so, you just now might have just killed him. <laughs> oh, jeez, that's a good point. He yeah, was already. Well, let's hope he doesn't a, listen. A bit to of this. a delicate uh, a flower. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. He was. Yes. He was already a. Yeah, he's a, claiming a, he suffered injury. Actually, uh, yeah, yeah, he he suffered injury. Um, I think it was because he was floating on a chip in the ocean, and he yeah, that's yeah. dangerous. But that yeah. was a disappointment. And you it's have another you have another um, entry, don't you? And yet another feature in this week's further oh, disappointment department. Yes. After Adam and I wondered aloud last week about Betty Crocker, yes, Captain Crinkle couldn't help googling, probably while she was on the phone with me, to find out if she was still alive. It turns out she never was alive. Talk about your disappointment. That's a disappointment. Betty Crocker is a croc. Now, it started in 1921 yeah. when um, the, the company that later became known as General Mills ran a contest. It was the flour milling company called Washburn Crosby Company. Now, we're just competing to read Tony's notes right here. No, I yeah. happen to know that. Were you, were you reading it from notes? I was. No, <laughs> it was a flour too. milling company. <laughs> Bullshit. Uh, it was the Washburn Crosby Company. Anyway. Now known as General Mills, sure. Anyway, uh, they started getting questions uh, from customers, and they started to make the answers more personal. The Department of Five Home Economists started signing them Betty Crocker. That's weird. That that is weird. <laughs> why but, you would, know? Why uh, would you just from out of nowhere? Until then, you'd been whoever you were. Like yeah. I'm Paula Poundstone, and then one day somebody asked me a question about a flour recipe, and I go, "Oh, from me, Betty Crocker." 
Sort of like that, except yeah. it was a department. The whole department was answering. But here's where it turns interesting. Um, she was turned into an empire by one of those uh, home economists, uh, Marjorie Husted. Um, oh, she Marjorie kind of Husted. Became, she became Betty Crocker. And by the 40s, she was a celebrity. And Margaret Husted was. Marjorie. Well, no, as Marjorie Betty Husted. Crocker. Oh, but she not was a Marjorie. Croc. No, Marjorie, uh, you know, was lost to history until this podcast, I guess. Uh-huh. No, in 1945, Fortune magazine declared her the second most popular woman in America. That is just sad. What? About America. That Betty Crocker was the second most popular woman. Yeah. The first was Eleanor Roosevelt. Wow. In 1945. It's not even worth being the first most popular woman if the second is... Betty Crocker. Eleanor was <laughs> devastated. I'll bet you. Yeah. In fact, she canceled her subscription. Yeah. To Fortune. I, that's horrible. That's yeah. horrible. You know, on an unremarkable day in history, Eleanor was heard to say to Franklin Delano, I'm better than Betty Crocker, aren't I? That would be an unremarkable day in history. Yeah, it was an unremarkable yeah. day in history. I would um, think she'd tell him, just drink a glass of water. Drink a glass of water? That's a call back to like an hour and a half ago when you did that thing about Franklin Roosevelt choking oh. on something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I think there's something stuck in my throat. Just drink a glass of water. <laughs> Edith? No, it's me, Eleanor Roosevelt. Oh, Franklin. You're not in the closet with Betty Crocker, are you? <laughs> And I guess that that about does it for wow. the, the, the wow. further disappointment. So many people yeah. who thought that Betty Crocker was real, and it and turns out not. not real at she's all. Not. Well, that was fun. Thank you, Betty Crocker and Hawaiian Chips, for disappointing us. And we will be right back to disappoint you further after this word from Maximum Fun. Welcome back to Fireside Chat on KMAX. With me in studio to take your calls is the dopest duo on the West Coast, Oliver Wong and Morgan Rhodes. Go ahead, caller. Hey, uh, I'm looking for a music podcast that's insightful and thoughtful, but like also helps me discover artists and albums that I've never heard of. Yeah, man. Sounds like you need to listen to Heat Rocks every week. Myself and I'm Morgan Rhodes and my co-host here, Oliver Wong, talk to influential guests about a canonical album that has changed their lives. Guests like Moby, Open Mike Eagle, talking about albums by Prince, Joni Mitchell, and so much more. Yo, what's that show called again? Heat Rocks, deep dives into hot records. Every Thursday on Maximum Fun. It's new promo time, James. Ooh, what you got in that guy? How about this? You need more black friends, Minority Corner, every Friday. Uh, okay, but girl, that doesn't say anything about how we're a podcast that talks about queer issues, race, politics, and pop culture. Now it does, because I've already hit record. Oh, girl, you so sneaky, you be Linda tripping me. Minority Corner. Learn, laugh, and play. All from a perspective that's black, queer, and ladylike. Because nobody puts minorities in the corner. Every Friday. <laughs> Kind of that thing. All right. Welcome back, all you nobodies out there listening. This is your friendly reminder to like us on Facebook at Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, where you can find the Thomas Coyne interactive map, behind-the-scenes videos and pictures, participate in some very serious research polls, and we might just read one of your posts on the air. And you know what? That page is fantastic. Tony Anita Hall has been wreaking some very entertaining havoc upon it. It's it's really worth your time to stop by. She's great at that stuff. Yeah. You know, we'll say something 
on air isn't the right technical term, but you know what? Yeah, on the on the, on the podcast, and and then she'll bring it to life with an image, uh, with or an image, a, or a poll or something. Yeah, it's very great. clever. Yeah, she's a bright young gal. Yeah, um, you know, Adam. Yes. Speaking of bright young gals, in order to keep casting the pod, we have to continue to grow our community of listeners. It's just a cold hard business fact. Yes, and the best way to do that is simply word of mouth. Mm-hmm. But many of our listeners aren't certain how and when to have that talk with their friends and loved ones. I see where this is going. So I have created, Adam, some simple sample dialogue for our audience members to use. I'm going to stop you right there. Yeah. Because as you know, I never, I, you know, you never tell me what you this s- is. You stultify a lot of my simple sample I have been accused dialogue. of stultifying. And I'm letting you know tonight, Paula Poundstone, even though I feel like your simple sample dialogue is always far too specific to be useful to any particular listener, tonight I am just going to try to enjoy your simple sample dialogue in the spirit in which it is intended. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I I tried to include some of your feedback. Oh, really? In tonight's simple, simple. Now you're not going to pull the football off me. You, you really have tried to include my feedback and make it a yeah. little more useful. I have. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So, well, that that's that's really wonderful. Thank you, Paula Poundstone. So, listener, you're with a friend, and such a conversation as this begins. Okay. Listener's friend. Oh, my God. I can't believe you're running for Democratic presidential nomination. This is so exciting. Well, that could be almost everybody, so I'm liking and this. look at all these buttons. Here's one. Anything's a step up. Excellent messaging. And let's make Vlad mad again. I love it. What made you decide to run? Listener, I listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, the podcast. Listener's friend. Is it about politics? Listener, no, not really, but they once had a guest who was a body piercer, and they interviewed someone who worked in pest control. I know it sounds dry, but it's really fascinating and funny. The laughter lifts me up, and I come away from listening with a feeling of possibility. Listener's friend, that sounds great. I could really use that in my life. I was stuck in a well last week for days, and no one even stopped to help. Listener, I'm sorry to hear it. Here, take this button and join my campaign. Listener's friend, I'm voting for a nobody. That's powerful. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I gotta say. You see how I made it where it could be more people? You did. I mean, there is almost a... Uh, an uncountable number of Democratic candidates for right, president we're not at this even, moment. We're not even to the primary. We're not so even to the primary. This could, could become more. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, so you could really see a listener's friend I turning to the listener and saying, "Hey, you're running for the Democratic uh, presidential nominee." Right, and then I guess, but I guess here, here it is. Um, it has to be a Democratic candidate who's already listening and a fan. Of our podcast. Exactly. Okay. Which is how we're going to grow the numbers. Which is, again, very possible because, you know, know, there's a lot of Democratic candidates. Yeah. And then you turn to the, I just fell down a well thing. Right. Because I've had, um, some listeners have uh, written to me that they have fallen down a well. But they haven't. And they have. No, this is a previous uh, sample dialogue. very grateful no. That someone came along yeah, no. with, uh, on their iPhone, they had already downloaded episodes of yes. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Now, now this is a fantasy, because this, this is a sample dialogue from about a month ago, and you had the listener's friend being stuck down a well, and the listener dropped the phone down with the podcast, and then you fabricated a letter with somebody saying that it happened. And now that same character no. is here in this sample, sample dialogue here, and I'm not getting angry. <laughs> 
because I'm very I, proud of you. I consider yeah. this a step yeah. forward. Because you see how when you get angry at Disneyland, you broke Space Mountain. I didn't break and Space you, Mountain. And I you was angry because now, it broke. Yeah, and you realize now that that was a mistake. Wow. And if you hadn't let your son jam that drumstick you made all into the track like this, you know, they are very certain- dangerous. Very dangerous. Okay, I... Anyway, thanks for that, Paula. Nobody's remember, you can always reach us at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. And you can find me and Adam on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. That's right. And that's our show. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam the Felber. Produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Hull. Technical direction by Ray Horseman and mixing by Anthony Alfaro. Special thanks to tonight's house band. Omar Leva, you were fantastic. And thanks again to our guest, Gary Wilson of the Gary Wilson Zoo Project. <laughs> His credit's hard right in front of me, so that's all I have. <laughs> our head of security is Jonah Knuckles Glickman. Transcription services for the show provided by TranscribeMe. For your special Paula Poundstone discount, use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? Find a tail. Find a tail. Help. I'm down a well. Oh, you're not. <laughs> oh, you're not. Well, it's fake. It's negative Louis Armstrong. <laughs> the well is a lie. <laughs> I see trees are green, but I don't see a well. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.